Dr. Aaron Fritz is co-founder of Backtable and a practicing interventional radiologist in Dallas, Texas. Early on in his practice, Dr. Fritz realized the need for centralized, in-depth procedure and device information that his peers could access on the fly. And not long after, Backtable was born. Backtable is now a podcasting brand for physician education, which started as interventional radiology and now also includes ENT, urology, and their newest edition, Backtable Innovation for Physician Entrepreneurs. So we talk about the origin of the Backtable, how it evolved and where he sees it going next, and what will happen if he includes a specialty that doesn't have a Backtable. I don't know. Now, I've chosen to outsource everything when when building out my podcast and my brand, whereas he's built a team in-house. And so most of the discussion revolves around that. And one of the big takeaways was this website that he's used called joinhandshake.com. It's a platform for hiring students. And in our profession, it would benefit us to have help from educated individuals, but also would be beneficial for pre-meds and medical students to, to get some experience with us. So I think that's a big takeaway for me. We also talked about the benefits of podcasting, and and he tries to convince me to join him for the next podcast convention. I think he just wants to have a drink with me and hang out because I'm so much fun. But but really, it was uh, it was a great conversation, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring, a practical guide for practicing physicians. Dr. Bradley Block interviews experts in and out of medicine to find out everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. The ideas expressed on this podcast are those of the interviewer and interviewee and do not represent those of their respective employers. And now, here's Dr. Bradley Block. Today's podcast is sponsored by Thermal Custom Packaging. TCP has many different products to help with medical transportation, including their totes and phase change materials, or PCMs. TCP developed a portable blood bank using these phase change materials to maintain the precise temperatures required to store and transport blood. This portable unit allows blood to remain with the patient in the critical hours following surgery, which is especially important with younger, smaller patients. Using TCP's insulated totes and their custom PCMs, they're able to transport blood specimens, biological pharmaceuticals, tissues, organs, vaccines, including the COVID vaccine, as well as allografts, refrigerated, frozen, and ultra-cold as needed. These products are even being used to ensure the safe travels of the COVID vaccines to rural areas. They also have other products such as MedShield and IceBuddy available for retail use, which you can learn more about on their website, which is thermalcustompackaging.com. Visit them with the link in the description for more information and follow them on Instagram at thermalcpackaging. Dr. Aaron Fritz, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our us uh, talking today. So before we started, you said, uh, you asked, are, are we having drinks while we're recording this? And so what was that that you just had in your hand? This is my um, old fashioned that I make for Gopi and I uh, a couple of nights a week, whenever we're in the mood. And you notice I have the the square cubes of ice, mm-hmm. uh, and I've got the the orange rind and a nice little cherry. This is I made this with Michter's rye. It's nice and smooth. So yep. yeah, it's kind yep. of the thing. It's the drink that Gopi and I drink together. She's not a beer drinker, so it's like the one thing we have in common is we like rye whiskey. It's the one thing, and your children, and you're both physicians, and yeah, you're true. both on podcast. It seemed, I think there's more. I think there's more more to that relationship. Um, and Gopi is actually going to be on the show in uh, in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be talking about all things pediatric otolaryngology. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Sounds like earwax too. 
a lot of, well, it's a lot of my day, a lot of my day. And I'm sure a lot of her day. Uh, so just uh, a plug for something that I have no affiliation with, but I'm going to reach for my drink. Blue Point Winter Warmer. Oh, okay. Blue Point is a Long Island beer. I try to be local. Yeah. Blue Point's probably our biggest brewery. The second, which is Great South Bay. Owned by an anesthesiologist, started by an anesthesiologist. So I, I want to get him on the show at some point. Yeah, um, that'd be amazing. It's a spice. I've never ale. had it. It's delicious. Okay. Yeah, Blue Point. Their their most widely distributed one is toasted Blue Point toasted lager. Uh, does does it, it get outside of New York? Uh probably. That one yeah. probably does, but I think they changed yeah. the recipe and it's not as good as it once was. It's not as toasty. Yeah, we're gonna be. Um spending some time in San Diego. I love, I love going to areas where there's a lot of microbrews and just checking out the local stuff. Dallas, I'll be honest, Texas beers, not that great. Um, you know, just, well, we don't have to get off on a tangent on beers, but <laughs> I mean, fine. Northeast and, and Southwest, like in, you know, specifically San Diego, there's just, there's no place like it for microbrews, you know? Yeah. Long Island, Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. tons, yeah. tons of microbrews. Tons of them. It's yeah. And they're so good. They're so good. Um, okay. So <laughs> on, on to the, onto the podcast, po- yeah. very meta podcasting about podcasting. Um, so you've actually inspired me to make some changes to my podcast, which is why you can now find me on YouTube. So people can actually see what we look like now. Perfect. I don't understand why someone would want to watch an interview, but they're out there and they do. So you got to go where the audience is. Yeah, can we talk about that for a minute about sure. video versus audio? Because this is something that I've been kind of, and well, I mean, do you want me to give a little intro about Backtable just for anybody that doesn't know? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about audio versus video, but I, I'm Aaron Fritz. I'm a uh, interventional radiologist in Dallas, Texas, and uh, about 2017, me and a few guys started the Backtable podcast. It was based off of a, an app that we had where docs could kind of exchange ideas around um, devices. I wanted I wanted to capture information. I want to capture people's opinions on devices and use that as like sort of a learning tool for helping docs decide, you know, what they want to use for any given procedure. And IR, much like ENT, is very device heavy. Uh, a lot of disposable devices, and uh, you know, we we started the podcast as content marketing to help bring people to the app. And it's actually what the podcast is what took off. The app kind of died and we just let it die and it was expensive to maintain. So we, we let that go. But the podcast uh, is what we kind of became known for as Backtable. And I found passion in podcast for podcasting. And we, you know, we kind of continued to build the team out and now we have Backtable vascular and interventional we have back table ent back table urology and a, a new show called um back table innovation which is all about med tech innovation so and we just had uh, eric Gantworker a couple weeks ago from med tech Indiv- innovation you had him on the show yeah yeah, yeah awesome yeah. i mean yeah as of recording now it hasn't been yeah. published yet but for the listeners right. yes you heard him a couple of weeks ago yeah no eric's a great guy very like you know big into med ed, big into, um, you know, the, the innovation space and, and has got a great network. And so we've really enjoyed having him on as a host for innovation. I hope he plugged it back to while during his recording. Oh yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so anyway, that's, you know, that's me, uh, in, in terms of, you know, why we started Backtable. I, I, I love podcasting. I love the storytelling. I love this sort of more casual conversational style of learning versus, I mean, you know, there's a place for lectures for sure. There's a place for other forms of, uh, of education, but I think, you know, the technology exists now where we can do these remote recordings, have pretty high quality audio and people can listen on the go on demand. That's what I, that's what I really enjoy about it. And, um, it's my way of contributing back to medicine. Um, I, I, I always tell people like, I'm not a researcher. I'm not going to, I'm not an engineer minded person. I'm not going to invent something, but this is my way of contributing to medicine. So that's, that's where I've really found it to be satisfying. It's very selfless. My, my reason for <laughs> podcasting is for me. It's, it's all about me. I get to answer the questions that I want answered. And as it turns out, other people have similar questions. So then I put it out there for, for other people to consume, but I wouldn't be able to get the audience with the people that I get without the platform. Well, that I mean, think about it, Brad, like how we wouldn't have met without podcasting. I wouldn't have met so many amazing people if podcasting didn't exist. Uh, you know, and and that's really like one of the key things about podcasting is the ne it's a ne it's a great networking tool. Whether you want people to listen to your podcast or not, just having these conversations, it's a bond that forms, right? And yeah. I think you and I have talked about this before. It's just, I mean, it, it's just uh, you form this bond that kind of like if I run into you or if I'm in if I'm in the Northeast, we're going to go to that brewery, right? You're going to take me there. And we, that never would have happened if it wasn't for, for podcasting, you know? And it's, it's intimate in that yes. the listener has invited us into their ears and they're, they're like, you know what? These people have something that's worth my time to listen to. And they're either putting it on in the car or they're putting it on their earbuds and it's just us and them. And so I think the intimacy of it is, is really cool. And that's also where, uh, to your point, that's where the learning happens, right? Because it's things yeah. that you want to listen to that you're interested in. And so then you're going to be more attentive rather than, you know, maybe zoning out. Right. And it, and it's pulls those anecdotes and those stories out. I mean, you know, we're not going to get, I find podcasts that are very just, you know, a review of the literature. It's not a good podcast. is not a form, good format for that. A lecture is, but a podcast is not a good format for, Let's talk about the, you know, the science behind this to a certain degree. I just think that, I just think it just, the storytelling aspect of it is, is where it really shines. And so that's, that's how we like to use it. Um, and so I, you know, I did want to talk about audio versus video. So audio to me is, is like, I listen, I listen to podcasts only. I don't watch them. Um, I have a hard time sitting down. Like, you know, we spend a lot of time during the day on the screen, right? Um, you're, you know, I'm a radiologist, even when I'm doing procedures as an interventional radiologist, I'm staring at a screen most of the day. And at the end of the day, if I want to learn something, I don't want to sit down in front of the computer. I want to walk around. I want to go to the gym. I want to listen to it on my commute. And so we kind of made a decision. We do have, we do have stuff on, on video on YouTube. Um, as supplemental, but it's not like our primary podcast. It's not like Joe Rogan podcast, right? Like a lot of, I think a lot of his listeners are, are like video podcast listeners. And I just feel like 
it's very labor and time intensive. And so I, you know, for Backtable, we kind of made a decision, like, let's just focus on the best possible audio quality. And then if we get decent video, that's just a plus, but it's not something we're shooting for every time. So I want to hear your take on it. So um, a while ago I had, um, and I apologize because I know this is the podcast, uh, Grep, the founder of GrepMed. And um, he is a programmer turned internal medicine physician. GrepMed is a, a search engine for medical information. Um, so kind of like up to date or um, well, it's more like like graphs and pictures and formulas and things that oh. you can use to to study for your from presentations. Exactly. Okay. Um, or if you didn't remember something like you know the mechanism of action of cephalosporins, like that's the type of thing that you could look up and, and find a oh. graph. So it's oh. like this just repository of medical information like that. And what he says is he listens to YouTube. He listens to YouTube. So what I realized is there's an audience out there that listens to YouTube. Like that's where they find their audio. They might not be watching you. Maybe they'll pop your head, their head up in a little bit and, 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 and watch, but mostly they're just using it for audio content. And yeah. so I would disagree with you that like, you gotta, you gotta go where the audience mm -hmm. is and there's an audience there and they're missing out on your content because you're not there. And so what you could do is just, record audio and video, and then just throw it up on a YouTube channel. You're, yeah. you're not doing, it's not, it's not labor intensive. It doesn't need to be labor intensive. Yes. It'll be labor intensive if you want to make it pop and cool and amazing. Um, and also the other problem is the editing of the audio, right? Yeah. Like you can't edit out the ums. No, it's gotta be raw. If you're going to yes. throw it on, if you're going to do that, you got to just throw it on there raw. And maybe that's, the best way for us to do it um it's just it's not part of our workflow and yet yeah yet and we we do we do throw every single episode on youtube it's just like with a thumbnail and we it's not near the engagement that we get on itunes spotify you know everywhere else uh and so we we do count those numbers we look at what's you know what topics are hot on youtube and we do have i don't know whatever 800 followers or something on youtube some a biz, you know, some not that great amount, but it it's so we we do put some effort into it. I just don't I haven't been sold on whether YouTube is up there enough where we want to really put the, the the extra effort into video. So I mean, you know, I think it's how, another place for people to find for? you. Oh, um but so as of recording now, not yet. Okay, so, well, but but you're yeah. No, but I'm working with a company who specialize in getting your voice heard. In fact, the name of the company is Through the Noise, right? Okay. And so I interviewed a bunch of different places because I was looking for someone to mark help me market my podcast on social media. Uh, and one place that I interviewed, they said, "You know what? Yeah, we we just put stuff up on Instagram, and our hits aren't what they used to be. It, it's it's dripping dropping down." I was like, "That you're really not selling yourself here." He's like, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know. So what, what they said was, and they'll edit this out if it's proprietary information because they're <laughs> listening to it and editing it. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Um, but but what they said was the, the eyeballs are all on TikTok and, and yeah. is, is these quick bursts of video 
that are garnering a lot of the attention. And the thing about YouTube shorts and TikTok and even Instagram is that you'll have, you'll finish watching a video and then there'll be recommended videos afterwards. Yeah. They, you don't have that with podcasts. You finish your episode and the podcast player just stops or goes yeah. on, maybe goes on to the next episode on that podcast, but it doesn't recommend content to you. And so how do you get people to find you? How do you get through the noise? Because what does everybody do? They make an audiogram, they put it on LinkedIn, right. they put it on, on, on Twitter, they put it on Instagram, and then they hope that people like it and share it. And maybe that turns into a couple more listeners. So it's just another way of getting, and hence the name of the company, through the noise. Yeah. There, there is a lot of noise out there. And, and I think about that every time I'm scrolling on Instagram, I'm like, I'm scrolling past all this stuff that somebody found important enough to post and it, and I just don't have the time or energy or interest to like engage with it. And so you're right. An audiogram, not that engaging, right? I mean, maybe it for exposure wise, maybe you're going to capture a new listener that way and they'll click on it and they'll check you out. But how many people are actually sitting there and listening to the full two minutes of that audiogram and, you know, really getting something out of it? I don't, I don't know. Um, well, the question is, do they use that to then download the podcast? Because I, I don't think yeah. that they, that, that, you know, you really want it to be something attention grabbing, not necessarily something educational. Yeah. Right. You want it so that they then go down the rabbit hole and, and find the podcast. That's what yeah. you want. So for all the people that look at it, maybe a couple then become listeners. But then listeners right. stay. Listeners download the back catalog, you know, and yeah. they continue listening. Right. Do you survey your audience about like how they find your podcast and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, you a do? couple of times, and I've yeah. gotten no responses. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> like man, I'll post that's... on Twitter. What do you want to hear, guys? What do you want to hear? I'll post on uh, Facebook. What do you guys want to hear? And, uh, and yeah, crickets. Crickets. Well, th so that's reach out, listeners. Reach out, Brad. Physicians got to doctoring. I know you want, you want that feedback yeah. and you, you're almost desperate for that feedback because you're just, otherwise you're just putting stuff out there. And you don't know if people like it or not. Um, and I did and, get one suggestion and I interviewed that person. Yeah. Like, yeah. Worked it, out. Yeah. It so great. it worked out. It good interview. Yeah. 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 So that's the challenge we have is like, how do you survey? How do you get that feedback from your audience? So, you know, you're on the right path or discover new things to talk about. Otherwise, we're just kind of making it up as we go along. Um, I mentioned podcast movement, excuse me, when I was talking to you before, which I went for the first time in August. It's a it's an amazing conference for any podcasters out there. I mean, we're podcasting is going to dominate this conversation. So apologies for anybody <laughs> expecting anything else. But, you know, podcast movement is I can't recommend it enough. Like I am so excited to go next week. It's in L.A. And it's because it's full of all this kind of information. People get up there and they tell you what is, you know, what, what's the trends? How many people are listening to you on YouTube versus, you know, Apple versus Spotify. And they'll give you all that data over the last, you know, five years of like what, where the trends are going. And they'll also give you this, you know, information about like breaking through the noise, how to get on TikTok, how to, how to get people's attention and get them to listen to your podcast. And so 
and it's con you know the it the the industry is constantly changing and you go to this conference and you realize how big the podcast industry is and you realize how many small podcasters there are out there most people the vast majority get under 100 plays per episode you know um and it, it's not till you break through like you get to 200 plus and then you're like in the kind of like top 50 percent i didn't know any of that stuff you know you, you don't you're not aware and so anyway i just my last plug for podcast movement if anybody wants to in next year it's in uh, this next august it's in dallas brad so i highly suggest you go um and would love to have you? you down here what's that can i stay with you <laughs> yeah i got an extra bedroom yeah yeah but no, no, no. i'll but, get an airbnb i'll get it but i think get you know yeah you can expense it under physician's guide for sure that's right yeah but um you know i i just and, and we're giving a talk about niche podcasting um this this next week uh, at at the conference and it's going to be all about just like what we're talking about is like how do you build a team you know what do you what's important what what are the key things and and what's important when you're first starting out to like when you're kind of mid-size and as you grow and what what are the essentials what you know you're talking about buy you know paying for a service like yeah that that's very if you want to get like if you want to build your audience and have them teach you how to get break through the noise and get to more people it's essential you have to spend money on that sort of thing i th i think well so that's one thing that you you were the inspiration for me reaching out to a service because you and and not doing it in house uh because you did it in house and i have no idea how to do something like that so um i was hoping to get you on the show before i did that so i could learn how to build the team and not have to outsource but too late I'm, work, I'm going to be working with them for at least the next year. So, but let's get into it. How? So, give me the, the Cliff's Notes version of your talk at Podcast Movement. Like when you're first starting out, who would be the first person say you decide to outsource to? Because again, this is a physician audience, same as yours. We're right. busy. We we might have some extra cash that we can spend on it rather than you know grinding on some of this work ourselves, like editing and sure. Well, let, let's start at the very basics, like what, who, you know, choosing what your audience is going to be. So I have people reach out to me, they they want to start a podcast and, and I say, okay, well, what, you know, what's the topic going to be? Okay. Well, it's going to be this, who's your audience, right? Like you got to know your audience to know how you're, what guests are you going to bring on, what topics you're going to cover, all that stuff. And so you really, and, and that's what they emphasize at podcast movement is like, you got to know your audience. And, um, so I, I think that's like step number one, like, okay, I'm, I'm a physician. I'm going to do a podcast. Am I going to gear it towards patients? Am I going to gear it towards docs? Am I going to gear it towards, you know, device industry or something like that? Pharma, like I just want to talk or, I, or scientists or engineers, like just know and tailor that you can't, you can't do both at the same time. I think that's too hard. I think that physicians are going to zone out if something is too basic and and patients are going to zone out if it's too tech, you know, technical. Um, that that's advice number one. And then number two is is you can bootstrap. You can you can take like you can keep the basics going for pretty long. And that's what we did for a good two years. I mean, 
This is what we send to every guest now. It's a five fine um, USB microphone. I, sorry, I don't have it open, but it's um, 32 bucks on Amazon, right? And what we, what we realize is to get to the next step in terms of audio quality is we need to control, somewhat control, especially when we're doing remote recording, we need to somewhat control the other, the guest environment, because you have a guest on, they're, they're trying to call in on their phone or their, and you've been through this, Brad, or they're, you know, they're on their laptop, which is like 10 years old and the audio is horrible and they sound like they're in a, you know, like a cave. Nobody wants to listen to that anymore. That's, those days are gone. Like that's just not palatable that um you know you have to have decent audio quality to get people to listen um and so that's that's step number two is putting at least some money and effort into your audio quality and so what goes along with that okay a a um you know some platform to record we're using zoom right now right we used, we used Uber conference for a while. We used zoom for a while. Now we use Riverside Riverside. The only thing that's different between zoom and Riverside is zoom is currently recording to the cloud, right? Uh, or it might be recording to your hard drive yeah, Riverside. Yeah. Riverside. If I, let's say I had bad Wi-Fi. Are you familiar with Riverside? Other than I think maybe when we recorded, yeah, with I've you, heard, we, I've, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah, and it's kind of like Squadcast. Um, yeah, it records. You know, doesn't it, each side records to their own computer and then they email it to you? No. Well, it actually now it goes uh, at the end of the the session when you hit stop record, it actually will go then go to the cloud. So it stores locally within your browser, and then at the end of the recording, then it uploads to the Riverside, and then and then it's like it's all you know, cloud-based, which is so very, you don't nice. need the guest to be able to send it to you. Yes. Yeah. The guests enough okay. to need to, they don't have to send it to you and you don't have to like, so if I have Wi-Fi glitchiness, it doesn't matter. Like you're not going to, it's the audio is not going to, the recording's not going to pick that up because it's re being recorded to my computer. And so that's the kind of nice, that's one advantage of it. Um, Do you have trouble so, with the guests, like knowing how to use it? Like, is no, it user it's friendly very, enough? It's just as user friendly as Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so there, so there's that. Um, and then let's see, there's so recording software, and then there's editing software, right? So for a long time we used GarageBand. Uh, you can use Audacity, they're free. Uh, what did what did you use, Brad, when you were doing it? I have never edited a single episode <laughs> ever. Yeah. And I never will. That's smart of you because it's super, um, it can be very frustrating. It can be uh, challenging to learn and stuff. You know, GarageBand is pretty easy to learn. It comes with every Mac and it's, uh, it's free. And, you know, there's YouTube videos to learn it. But something that we discovered about a year ago, almost two years ago, is something called Descript. And it's not very expensive. It's about 30 bucks per user. And what's cool about Descript is it's also cloud-based uh, and browser-based. And when you when you throw your MP3 file into it, it auto-transcribes everything. So, so it you know it, you you need to clean it up a little bit, but you there's your transcript right there. You can throw that on your website. You can create your show notes out of it. Um, you can even uh, edit video on it. And Descript's 
been shown to be like a huge time saver. It's got a lot of plugins. It's got something called studio sound. So if your guest had bad audio, your audio sounds great. My audio is probably pretty good. But if a guest had a lot of echo or if it's got, you know, it's got this plugin where it basically cuts out a lot of the echo and it's, it's just a click of a button. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So it's a big time saver. Um, so yeah, those, those are kind of the main things. And then when it comes to, uh, uh, building a team out, you know, I started the same way you did with just finding somebody who's capable of doing these things and outsourcing it. And, um, so I found, uh, people on Upwork that were audio engineers. And so I went to Upwork by the way, any physicians out there looking for anything like if you, if you want a website built, if you want marketing, if you want, you know, uh, graphic design, any of those things, an app built, go to Upwork. You know, it's just like independent contractors that hug and help with all that sort of thing. Even building a, you know, uh, if you're, if you need a logo, like somebody can create a logo for you, but we found audio engineers. I think we found all three of our engineers on Upwork originally, one of them, uh, after about a year came on full-time and then the other two still work for us part-time. So, you know, it all started as just whoa, outsourcing. Whoa, 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 Yeah. Whoa. Hold on there. That was a big leap because you're going from like, yeah, they're going to edit an episode a, a week or something to they came on full-time, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a, could you talk yeah. about how you made that transition? Yeah, for sure. So when we first started with like, I'm just going to call it, you know, shout out to Kieran, our full-time guy. I think we were only one show at that time. We had the VI, the vascular interventional show, the IR show. And, um, he started with us that summer and then Gopi and Ashley are like, Hey, we want to do an ET show. And I said, perfect. Let's, I got an engineer, like things are starting to kind of come, you know, get in motion where we can, we can take what we've done with the flagship show and apply it to a new specialty and let's, let's, let's try it. And so we started the ENT show that was fall. That was September of 2021. No, 2020. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So fall of 2020 and, um, we started that show and then, so I realized, okay, you know, we're recording on the weekends. And I was, I was playing producer and editor for all the episodes to that point. And so I was on all the recordings. I was doing all the editing afterwards. And as we, when we went from one show to two shows, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like it's taking up all the weekends, all <laughs> downtime and, stuff. And you had little kids at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, there were six and eight at that time. Now they're eight and 10. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's. We, I joke that, you know, back table is my third kid because it's, you know, I it just, it's time consuming and I love it. And, you know, I, I give it, I give it a lot of love. Um, but yeah, the, so we went from one show to two shows. I hired Kieran and then we found two more part-time guys, um, to help with keeping up with the recordings because not everybody wants to work on the weekends. And so I needed like some redundancy, right? I needed if Kieran wasn't available because he's just an independent contractor, then I need somebody else to fill in. And so we kind of, that's how we built this team is we just found part-time workers doing, you know, one job here and there. 
and then you know we kind of you know by the time we got six months in on back to ENT, we kind of had a, a workflow like a process down and the more we then we realized how important that is to build out an official workflow and process because if not it's just chaos it's just like okay you know somebody's got to do the scheduling schedule you know you know how difficult scheduling can be and so then we hire an admin to schedule the docs and you know run doodle polls and make sure that schedules align and then you know send out the links for people and then we had to send out and we had to create like templates for you know instructions for the guests so they know what to expect um and then you know the spring so about a year ago sorry is that April, same you find that on upwork as well admin just like what do you, what do you look for we need admin, someone to help us stay organized <laughs> it's funny because uh admin i borrowed from work so like in my practice you know COVID hit and my avid was my admin was like uh, her name's kelly she was she had she didn't have anything to do because it was it was COVID and the, the OBL that we worked at had shut down. And so she helped me out initially. And, you know, she knew how to schedule stuff like she was it was like easy for her. And then she ended up getting a new job. And then one of Gopi's admins from UT Southwestern was looking for extra work. And so we ended up hiring her and she's been with us ever since Jamila and she's been amazing. So, you know, it's just like so some of it's outsourcing on like fiverr and upwork and some of it is just your network sometimes yes. yeah gives you gives yeah. you what you need but what about med students so this is something that i've struggled with because i figured yeah. i could have a pre-med or a med student help me out especially with like social media related stuff where i'm not going to be as savvy as they are um and they can you know i'll pay them something and then they'll get something for them you know to go on their resume, right. uh, something they can write about, something they can talk about, right? Because especially since what we do is physician oriented, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's about practicing medicine. It's not about like the hard facts per se, but it's, yeah. it is, it is medically related. And so, uh, I mean, your show is, is, you know, very, you know, in, in the weeds and in, in the specialties that you're, you're dealing with. Um, but either way, it would be something that they could talk about on interviews. And I haven't been able to find anyone. I've tried emailing different organizations on Long Island yeah. for for the universities around here. And just, I just gave up. Yeah, it's, we haven't had a lot of luck with job posts, to be honest. Um, it It's also come by word of mouth. It's funny because our first med student, his name's Xander, he came to us via friend of a friend. Uh, he was just interested in radiology and interventional radiology, I guess. And he just was like, and he was purely volunteer. And then it wasn't till, uh, and, and then we found, I'm trying to think of how we found Lauren. Lauren Fang was a pre-med student and it might've been the same thing. Like Xander knew her in some remote way and she, stumbled upon the website and, 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 it, and like, you know, and then Lauren has led to subsequent med students at her med school, you know, working with us. Um, we did find med students on something called handshake. It's, uh, I, I, maybe we'll have to put it in the show notes. It's, <laughs> okay, it's okay. not handshake. It's something anyway, it was, it was, a, it was a website very similar to Upwork 
but the, it was geared towards students, right? So it's a, it's like a, it's a part-time job board for students across the country. And you can, you can, um, send it out to schools that you have some association with, or that maybe are geographically located close to you. And, um, so we found a couple of stellar SMU pre-med students, the Dang sisters, and they saw our, our post on, on that website and, um, they applied and they've turned out to be amazing. And then they, you know, and then they knew people and, you know, brought them in. And so it's like been a combination of a couple job, you know, looking out on a couple job forms, but also largely word of mouth. Um, and then once you, uh, I mean, the other thing you can do is social media. So if you notice like a med student engaging with your, you know, Twitter handle or your LinkedIn, is just send them a message and say, Hey, you know, saw, you know, thanks for the support. Saw that you really liked, you know, the, the episode, would you have any interest in, you know, participating as a part-time intern or something like that? And I think that, you know, you might have, you might have looked that way. I actually uh, threw it out there on Twitter to see if anyone would be yeah. like new, a pre-med or a med student. And I got one reply from someone who's interested in interventional radiology. So actually I need to send her information <laughs> to you uh, because it seems seems a better fit for Backtable. Well, I mean, there's no reason why though. I mean, it's not that time consuming. I, mean, I guess the other question is, what do you need help with at that for a med student, that where, where a med student would help you? Well, at this point I'm really outsourcing most of it. It would be maybe helping me to manage the website. Yeah, um, but yeah. then you know I don't want to give them scut, but some of this ends up being scut. Well, it's you know here's where it's a learning. It's really kind of like a, it's definitely a learning tool for them. Is they write our show notes, so they they listen to the episode and they have to think about the the take home points and they have to write that down right. So they write the show notes. They will clean up the transcripts. They will write articles based off of the transcripts, which is also a, a, a nice, it's a, it, it's a nice offering for your audience in case they don't want to listen to a, a 60 minute long podcast. They could, they could like read like a five minute article that kind of summarizes the podcast, you know, it's a great idea. Um, they could, you know, it, clean up the transcript and then use that to yeah. create a summary that turns into a blog post. Exactly. That's what, that's what we do with them. Um, and then they, the other thing where they are a big help for me is social media because we have so many handles at this point. It's like, you know, you got your personal handle plus the back table plus back to ENT, you know, for each one. And it's like, I can't be on social media that much. And so they really help out a lot with that. Yeah. Well, any med students listening, you know, <laughs> reach out Brad at physician's guide to doctoring. I'll find something for you help me out, you know, I'll pay you for your time. And then something interesting to talk about. It's a great, I tell you what, for medicine, it's a great way to learn, um, uh, you know, about what's going on in medicine today. And it's going to lead to all kinds of networking and conversations. I mean, just like we're, you know, we're using podcasts to network and meet new people. You can do the same. And, and it can really, like you, like you said, like, it'll help you on your interview trail, you know, somebody's looking at your CV and they're like, what's this physician's guide to podcasting? You know, that, that might stick out more than like 20 research articles on your CV. 
Yeah, it depends. It depends on the attending, right? Because some of them <laughs> might be like, yeah. oh, podcast with this Joe Rogan garbage. <laughs> or like, I don't even know what a podcast is. Um, yeah, or it'll true. be someone like, oh, that's so cool. Let me, you know, tell, yeah. tell me more. So it might be the thing that really sets you apart. Yeah, because that's the hard thing about reviewing applications. A lot of people tend to blend into each other, right? They Our, our applications tend to look alike. Completely. Yeah, especially in ENT and IR. I mean, it's like a bunch of uber nerds. Yeah, I did research. I aced yeah. all my rotations. Um, so, you know, the 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 name Backtable came yeah. from the fact that in IR you have everything on your Backtable, right? Yeah. In ENT, we might have a Backtable for like a septoplasty where we're injecting some lidocaine with epinephrine. So we sometimes have Backtables. What's going to happen when you have specialties? Then when you have Backtable shows that don't have Backtables. What are you going to do? That's a great question, right? And you know, has Gopi told you the origin of the name? Uh, it, I assumed it was because because of your app, right? It was like stuff we want to have on our back table. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's Gopi that came up with the name of it because we uh. couldn't figure out a name for the app. Like we had the hardest time. We had like the worst. I don't even remember what they were, but we were really bad names. And it's, as you know, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to choose a name for a company or uh, anything. I mean, even your kids and your pets, it's hard <laughs> to choose a name that's going to be around for a while. And um, Gopi, we were, we were just kind of, I don't know, playing with stuff. I was, I was running things by her one night and she was like, you know, it'd be a cool name for your app. She goes back table because every we put all of our devices, our instruments on the back table and it applies to all procedural specialties. And I was like, yeah, you're you're right. And I, you know, we kind of thought about it for a week or so. And then as we thought about it, it just made more and more sense. And it was just like such a perfect fit for what we were trying to do. And um, and so, yeah, go, I give complete total credit to Gopi for coming up with the name. And I, to answer your question, we've thought about, you know, it's like sort of like, what are, what's going to be our next show? What are, what, you know, what other specialties do we want to cover? You know, do we want to cover, you know, ophthalmology? Do we want to cover, you know, um, GI? Do we want to cover colorectal surgery? Like, you know, and a lot of it comes with, you know, do we have to have, you know, talented, committed hosts who want to podcast, right? Like that's, that's the linchpin right there. Um, but what if uh, some, you know, it came up the other day, like, what if we had a host for Backtable ID, infectious disease? Does that really apply? And I was like, I, I don't know, because I, I imagine, I envision Backtable being very procedure, like procedure specialty specific. Um, and it's not going to be like, like curbside, you, you probably have heard of curbsiders, right? they're dominating the internal medicine podcast space. Like they've done a great job. They've been around for a while. They have, they, they produce a great podcast. Um, I don't know of any other like big med, I mean, you got Peter Atia with the drive. I mean, his is more, his kind of covers docs and patients, but I don't know other than stuff that's like more geared towards the patients. I don't know of a lot of like, dedicated specialty specific podcasts. Do you? 
I mean, there are some, there are some that are out there. I mean, uh, there are ENT, I think there's head mirror. Also. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's head mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I don't go looking for other specialties. So I just know the other, the other one that's ENT. Um, and yeah. then I think there might be some specialty specialty societies that have their own podcasts. Right. right. But that stuff is, I think, covering usually covering like the journal articles that that have been written it's way more those are way more academic right yeah those are more yeah coming journal articles uh getting in you know di deep dive into the data stuff like that but yeah. um it's less it's more formal um and less it, applicable not, to your practice like you what right. you're covering is stuff that's gonna yeah influence the way you practice like if it's not gonna influence the way you practice you're probably not gonna have it on and and those journals right like if there's 30 articles in a journal, maybe two of them, if you re might influence the way you practice a little bit, but nothing's going to be really world shaking. Whereas, you know, podcaster. Well, yeah. I mean, I want to talk about that a little bit. Like, let's think about how people learn nowadays, right? I mean, it's not, it's hard to sit down and read a textbook. It's hard to sit down and even read your journal. Uh, that I don't comes. have that stamina anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. You don't have time. You don't have the bandwidth, yeah. right? You got how many kids do you have, Brad? Three, three, three. Yeah, and they're all yeah. Little. So I learn on pod. I listen to podcasts. Exactly. How I that's how I stay up to date. That's how. I, so I do listen to my academy's podcast. I do listen to Backtable ENT, and that helps me stay on top of. Yeah, what's what going I need on? to know. I mean, on top right. of all the CME stuff that that I have to do, but yeah. like that's that's but it's. You know, it, my commute is like 25 minutes in each direction. So that's so 50 minutes timing. a day where I'm able yeah. to consume information that's going to help me better be a better physician. 50 minutes a day. That's a lot of time. If it's I'm not talking to my mom. Yeah. And and like I was thinking about this the other day because I'm trying to learn French and like I can't sit down and read a French, like a, a textbook anymore. I just don't, I don't even have space to do it in my house. And what am I going to do? Go to a coffee shop? And it's more, it's like, okay, if I, I need a podcast Why that teaches me French. Why are you trying to learn French? Because we're going to spend a year abroad in France. Yeah. Just to let everybody know, like, big news. Wow. But, that's yeah, bold. I know. Um, but that, <laughs> another topic we can talk about offline. But I I need, like, I need audio learning. Like, I, I, I crave audio learning at this point. It's just, I love Audible. I love what they've done. I love that I can consume a book by both reading it in bed and also on the go. Like, I can flip back and forth. It's so Kimsler convenient. has some audio CDs that I got. So my wife is Swiss, and she is, there's an interesting thing about the French-speaking part of Switzerland is this French that they speak is similar if not identical to French, France, French, whereas Swiss German is its own dialect. And actually each canton has a different dialect. That is, they can, they can understand each other, but the yeah. Germans and the Austrians do not understand the Swiss. So my wife speaks a language that's not even, it's not even written. <laughs> In school, they, they learn, high, it's called high German. They don't learn Swiss German. They speak Swiss German at home and it's similar to like, if you've ever heard two people from Jamaica speaking to each other and okay. their dialect is, you know, they're speaking English, but you know, the, their intonation and maybe some, even some of the words that they use, um, 
can make it hard for you to understand what they're saying. Well, yeah. Swiss German is like that, only it's even more different so that you are, it's, it's, but it's not a written language. So how am I going to learn this language that nobody writes and nobody reads, but, you know, yeah. she's speaking it to my kids and my kids now understand Swiss German. So they're going to be able uh, to speak to each other. <laughs> so, but well, I got it, a couple of CDs and I was, I was, I would listen to them in the car the same way that you're, you know, probably consuming French. Yeah. Didn't help though. I still don't understand it. I mean, Duolingo is great. It's a nice way to like kind of get the basics, but you need that conversation. You need to be able to have conversation, you know, um, and and that part of it. So I think structured learning for me is might be the way to go with with uh, a language. But you know, when we're physicians and we're out in practice, we got to get like the quick. We got to we got to just be able to, like you said, have that twenty five to fifty minutes a day, where we get up to speed on something quickly and um and and also it's a it's a great kind of it's kind of like netflix shows it's like hey did you hear you know i heard about this on the on the back to a podcast like it's a way it's it's a it's a discussion piece as well uh especially in this format where somebody tells a great story or piece of historical ir or something like that um i'd love gopi and ashley to get some uh historians on to talk about maybe history of ENT. Have you had anything like that? Uh, no, I had I, no, <laughs> nothing, nothing about the, the history of medicine, although that would certainly be, that would be interesting. You know, I, my, my stuff tends to be like some concrete point that you're, you're trying to learn. This yeah. is, has turned into something different. I mean, I, you know, we were, <laughs> it was more like how to build a team. Yeah. Um, and well, we can summary, talk about that more. The summary of that, more. the summary of that is, oh, we, we're running short on time, but uh, yeah. the summary of that, you know, for building team was, you know, outsource Upwork, Fiverr, something like that, and then yeah. reach out to your own network. Um, yeah. And then we're going to find out it's not handshake.com, it's something else. But um, so that was supposed to be the big takeaway from this episode, but it turned into more, you know, just the two of us uh, telling stories and, and just chatting riffing. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I, I apologize for hijacking the conversation that way, but uh, um, I think no, that, it was great. Uh, it was great, but we do, we do. It's been you know close to an hour, so we we got to wrap up now. Yeah. So where tell us where people can find Backtable. Okay. Well, back so Backtable. Sorry, I was trying to find the handshake. Yeah, here it is. The website is joinhandshake.com. Join handshake. So, okay. Yeah. Join handshake.com. It's 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 the number one way college students get hired. So it's just like a, a great job board and you can post stuff on there and find people that are interested, you know, pre-med students, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, so, that's perfect. Um, so hopefully your editors can put that up back where we were. Um so backtable, back yeah, backtable.com is the the main place is where our whole library is. Again, we have the flagship VI. So just real quick, it, it was, it's still an IR heavy show, but because we, we have vasosurgeons on, we have interventional cardiologists on, we call it the vascular and interventional show or back to VI. And that's because we want that show to be collaborative, include all everyone in the endovascular space doing endovascular procedures, whether it be PAD dialysis work, you know, uh, neurovascular work, so, so that's why it's called Bacteria VI. Then we have Bacteria ENT, we have Bacteria Urology, and Innovation. Innovation Show is having uh, physician founders on, most primarily, 
uh, starting, you know, device companies or just innovative companies in the healthcare space, uh, just kind of, you know, the, those types of innovators, different breed of people, you know, just really super crazy, smart people, uh, that, um, are just disruptive in the way they think. And I, I, I like interviewing them and picking their brains and, uh, you know, Brian Harley and, and Eric Gantworker, they're, they're the primary hosts on that show, but I'll, I'll do an episode here and there when it's somebody that I know or who I really want to get to know. And then we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Google, we're basically on everything. Um, even Ghana, are you on Ghana yet, Brad? No, no, I'm not familiar with it. Ghana is like the Indian version of Spotify. Um, and so try and get on that because there's, as you know, there's a ton ton of it, uh, positions in India and, uh, and, you know, so, you know, they, they'd probably be interested in your podcast as well. Um, and so anybody getting started, one more thing is there's a lot of great, like all in one platforms out there that will help you with a lot of this stuff. Um, Spotify has a couple companies underneath that they purchase anchor is one of them. I've heard really great things about Anchor. Uh, we use Anchor's big brother, which is um, Megaphone. And that's just because we have multiple shows and we can we can kind of organize them and maintain them all in one platform. But if you're starting out your show, I highly suggest Anchor. Um, and then there's some other ones like Burberry and, uh, and uh, Lisbon. What do you use? I think Podbean might be one of those. Podbean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I use, I'm yeah. on Libsyn. Libsyn, yeah, yeah. Lipson, which is, too. I think, the most popular. It was at one point the most popular it's, media host. That and it's one of the oldest, so it's it's been around for a while, and so it 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 has a lot of the, like the kinks worked out. I think. So yeah, I mean, I think we gave a lot of great advice on how to start a podcast or how to scale up, how to build a team. I'm trying to think of any. So you know, we covered admin, we covered engineers, we covered med students. Um, I would say marketing is the, is the other piece that you really, you know, need help with the, the, the med students can help with marketing, but if you want to build out a website, like you should probably, unless you're savvy and you can do it on your own. Um, I just looked out and that the guy that was building my website for my clinical practice really liked what we were doing with Backtable and decided to come on full-time with Backtable. And he, his name is Brian Schmitz and he runs basically, he's like our lead of digital marketing and he puts our whole website together and everything like that. I so, think I may have misunderstood when you said full-time. You mean like you're their sole employer? Uh, I'm their primary employer. Now, what side gigs he has, I, 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 I'm sure he has some, but like he's, yeah, he's a full-time dedicated to Backtable. Yeah. In, wow. in, in terms of numbers. Yeah. There's, so, there, yeah, yeah, there's I mean, enough, there's enough work for that. There is plenty of work. Yeah. I mean, okay. now we've outgrown Wix. So we started using Wix.com. Um, which is a great for starting, you know, a website out, but we, we've built so many pages on it that we're starting to have issues. And so really what we realized is we've outgrown it. So we now have to migrate to a new, you know, something else. I don't know. We'll, it's, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. That's for the website guys to, to figure out, defer yeah. to their expertise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, I heard you know you have these little setbacks and stuff like that, and um, and it can get really frustrating. And you can have it, you know, where a, a, a podcast doesn't turn out so well, and or a guest is like under unimpressive, 
um, you might you might experience this with this recording, Brad. But <laughs> I I just my advice is like just to kind of keep pushing on because the the people who I think really succeed in the space are just they persist and they keep moving and they keep going, and it's you're gonna have ups and downs, you're gonna have frustrations. But, um, you know, somebody, uh, an entrepreneur said, uh, you know, the, I think part of being a startup or success in a startup is moving from one setback to another with enthusiasm. And I think that's true. You just have to keep pushing and know that that experience is part of it. And, um, and that's going to be part of your success. So, uh, you know, good luck to everybody. Yeah. Seth, Seth Godin refers to that as the dip. He's got a whole book called the dip where, you know, it'll be all exciting at the beginning and then your numbers won't be that great, you know, yeah. ref referring to podcasts specifically, but he refers in general to any any entrepreneur or any endeavor for that matter. Um, and you just feel like you're slogging through and slogging through. And at some point you get out of the dip and it's unclear when it's going to be or how it's going to happen. But if you just keep at it, you'll emerge out of the dip and then you'll you'll take off. So I mean, that's if you think like any origin story or success story, everybody's got a dip, right? Everybody goes through hard times. It's just you, you got to live through that. And I think a lot of people give up too early. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Aaron Fritz, Backtable, Backtable ENT, Backtable Urology and Backtable Innovation. And I look forward to the next Backtable. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you having me on. That was Dr. Bradley Block at the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. He can be found at physiciansguidetodoctoring.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for a previous guest or have an idea for a future episode, send a comment on the webpage. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time on the Physician's Guide to Doctoring.